Hey guys, Eddie Wilson here with Think Really, and I am so excited to be on site uh, doing some podcasts today. We've got some amazing guests for you, but before we jump into uh, this podcast, I want to say a quick thank you to our uh, podcast sponsor, which this episode is brought to you by Real Property Management. Working with the right property management company can put more money in your pocket, not less. Real Property Management provides a higher standard of property management to make sure you're maximizing the return on your investments. Experience the real difference with Real Property Management. Visit realpropertymgt.com. That's realpropertymgt.com. Our guest today uh, is one of my favorites. Uh, I love the topic we're about to talk to you about, and he's also a resident expert. So I'm sitting here today with Eric Stewart. Eric, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's just nice to be live, you know? That's Uh, great. I I, I hate these Zoom podcasts anymore, (laughs) you know? Like, I feel like it's just people floating out in the ether. So nice. It's a Brady Bunch format. Yeah, Yeah, see people in live. But Today um, we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the current trends for multifamily. If you don't mind, just kind of explain to the to the audience um, what you are as a resident expert and what you provide on the Think Really platform, and then I'll give us some context to jump in. Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, as a resident expert, it gives me the opportunity to prepare and educate primarily the individual investor that's that's maybe in the single family space now and transitioning into the multifamily space or even a new investor. Mm-hmm. So you know, somebody that doesn't have the foundation of, of borrowing on investment properties in general, maybe yep. they've only done you know, their home or maybe a duplex or so. So really expanding that knowledge of what to expect as they, they go into the, mar- the multifamily space and yep. want to borrow money. And that's, you know, I always say when people ask, like I, I believe you're an expert specifically in financing and multifamily. You know, it's like you've done a lot of multifamily deals, but you also understand the financing you know, aspect and the entire uh, gamut of financing, right? Um, and I think that that's such a huge thing that you provide uh, to all of our Think Realty viewers and listeners and, and uh, members. But let's jump into that. The multifamily space has taken, taken some major shifts uh, in the last, I would say, 12, 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, set the tone for where we are in multifamily today. If somebody's watching, they don't really know where we are, where are we? How would you categorize the marketplace? I would categorize it as leveling out. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been on a really, really solid run for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at some point, you've got to take a breather. And I think it's a bit of an exhale in the market right now. Sure. And that manifests itself, or it has to manifest itself in investors' projections. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hopefully the smart investor took note of that, that these, these types of rent lifts, these type of valuation increases can't, can't, extend forever sure and i think we're seeing a bit of an exhale but i think that's to be expected yeah yeah and so you still think the multifamily marketplace is strong and still should be considered as an asset class that people should be investing in i really do i really do and i think falling back on fundamentals Mm -hmm. is going to be a universal principle that you're always going to have to do there's kind of two you know lines of thought and i want to you know hear your thoughts on this number one i've heard in recent days people saying Look, if you're playing multifamily, it should be a long-term game. Buy whatever it is at whatever cap rate it is and just hang on for the ride, right? That's kind of one line of thought. Uh, the second one is is be very cautious, very diligent that there are going to be people that take baths in certain aspects of multifamily and we should be very guarded with our investing strategies in multifamily. Do you have more of a loose approach or more of a guarded, let's plan this thing out approach? I think it always has to be a let's plan this thing out approach because there are areas where you can stub your toe Mm -hmm. even if you do take that long game. Let's say 
let's say in a lot of my clients that what our discussions are centered around the debt piece mm -hmm. and short-term maturities interest rates amortization all those types of things sure well even if you even if you structure your debt properly mm -hmm. there are property level characteristics mm -hmm. that can change the whole gamut of you being able sure. to service your debt or, or make yeah. your mortgage payment right capex is one of them mm -hmm. so if you're chasing yield in that industry you're trying to find that 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 perfect yield for your investors sure. and you find it by buying older assets mm -hmm. that capex can come back and really hurt you sure. so there's so many facets to it that you've got to do a deep dive you've got to unpack layer after layer yeah. whether you're long game or short game sure yeah I, I was talking to a recent investor he had bought a he, he's a newer investor very wealthy individual and thought cash could just kind of cover all the sins of the property bought an old uh, property in the Fort Worth area about 300 units and uh, his capex budget or what he expected in capex almost doubled because he just didn't know what he was doing and so it was it was more than stubbing his toe that was a really it was like <laughs> an, an amputation you know like it was a it was it was bad um, and and I think that that's so common today especially people have this idea that I'll get into these older value add deals mm -hmm. and I flipped houses in single family for years why can't I do it in the multifamily space right. and so how about for a new investor that's looking across the fence going, you know, is the grass greener over on the multifamily side? What should they be considering and who should they be aligning with for this information? That's, that's a great question. Um, in, in my opinion, the reason that you're gonna get into multifamily out of the single family market, in one word, if you even can, mm -hmm. is diversification. Sure. Diversification is found in so many different areas of our industry. Mm -hmm. Namely, one, start with income, sure. right? We're diversifying our income streams through multiple tenants. Mm -hmm. Most of my clients are syndicating their deals. Mm -hmm. Maybe small syndications, maybe it's joint ventures, but they're diversifying that equity opportunity and sure. they're offering that, that inst institutional style of investing sure. to the individual investor, which is, is phenomenal. But I mean, we've, we've diversified in a number of places and then in your market, mm -hmm. right? You're not, you, you may buy one multifamily property where it's all, you've got, one asset, but you can do that in multiple sure. markets. Right. Most of my clients are buying in, in at least two different markets, maybe three. Mm -hmm. um, that diversification, I think, is is definitely something that needs to be taken into consideration. It's yeah. a real benefit. That makes sense. Let me ask the the question about the you know thousand pound gorilla or eight hundred pound elephant <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, whatever the colloquialism is. Um, rate volatility. That's what everyone's talking about today. Mm -hmm. Where are we with rates? How does this affect the deals we're getting into? And what should we be looking out for in the near, near term? You know, I, I, I don't want to abuse the term, but, but I think focusing back on the fundamentals is mm -hmm. key. Mm -hmm. We've seen so much volatility as of, as of today, Wednesday. Um, you know, we've got, we've got a Fed announcement coming out later today. Right. And the expectations are there for a quarter point. I think mm -hmm. it's in the mid 80s as sure. far as what, where the expectation is, but it's yeah. more about the sentiment, it's more about what they say. Mm -hmm. um, if they were to not raise rates and go flat, I think that's a, that's a louder statement than anything they sure. say. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think that statement is? Do you think, I mean to cut you off there, but you think that it's like enough's enough and they're afraid that they're pushing this too deep into recessive activity? Or do you feel like it's saying, well, inflation has been curbed? I mean, what do you think that statement is if they come out flat? You know, in, 
The, oh, the statement if they come out flat? Yeah. The statement, I think the perception, let's talk about the perception because I can't really attest to what they're trying to say, sure, right. but the perception would be a concern over the banking system. Mm -hmm. And that's the concern is, is yeah. in my opinion, if they were to come out flat, they're making a statement that they've got a bigger concern than just infl sure. inflation yeah. and a bigger problem right. than inflation. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one of the reasons why I expect them to come at least a quarter point yeah. Steady as she goes is what they're looking for. And we are at the tail end of this tightening process. Sure. But, um, yeah. I would or at least hope so, right? Least, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. At least hope so. Yeah. Wow. So as people are underwriting deals today, rates, they are volatile. We're looking at another increase. Um, a lot of pundits say that the Fed will continue, the Powell will continue to increase at least small uh, percentages until inflation gets under control, or at least until the election cycle begins to hit, right? Like there's, there's a lot of there thoughts around the election cycle, you know, later on this year, but um, how should I be underwriting a deal with the expected um, new rate considerations? Sure. I mean, just building that into my underwriting criteria? I think you have to. Okay. And, and, and the reason why is when you, when, the timing, when you underwrite a deal, you're at least two months away right. from actually closing. Sure. And so in this type of market, two months is an absolute eternity. Mm -hmm. We have seen just in the last week and a half, mm -hmm. um, you know, a, a 100 basis point dip in sure. the two-year treasury. Yeah. We've seen at least 50, 60 basis points in the 10-year treasury. Mm -hmm. And the cause of that was not the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. The cause of that was an acute issue, sure. right? And a news story, and perception in a flight, flight to safety. Well, that's not what you're gonna underwrite to because mm -hmm. two months from now, this could all be a blip on the radar sure. or it could be a deeper fundamental issue. Mm -hmm. You've, you've gotta to underwrite to the, to the, to the, the longer term, the fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you're gonna end up, when your money's hard, when you're getting ready to close and it's time to lock the rate, mm -hmm. when your lender goes out into the market and looks for investors, you might get a big surprise. Right. And we don't want surprises at that time. And it seems like there are surprising surprises happening, especially to novice investors right now. Um, I'm getting lots of calls on distressed deals where they really were underwriting this deal a year ago uh, without all these expected rate increases. And now where they're failing is that period of, you know, bridge to long-term finance. And that's where I'm seeing a lot of failures. Is there something that they can do as a newer investor to kind of abate that or to avoid that? there's the the severity of the of the solution is going to depend on where they are if they're already in that situation mm -hmm. then they, they may have to look to recapitalize sure you know the equity is obviously at the top of the, the the top of the ladder and they're at the riskiest position right they may feel that restructure that equity position so recapitalization is is not uncommon mm -hmm. working with that lender on hopefully they have some extensions mm -hmm. And most of your bridge lenders are going to put extensions together. Sure. Where I've they want you to succeed, right? <laughs> they, they, they don't lend to own. Right. Most, yeah. most of these, there are right. lenders out yeah. there that do sure. it, but. Few and far between. Few and far between, that's mm -hmm. right. They're in business to, to, to do business and sure. they want that money back so they can put right. it out again. Right. So that's the key in my opinion is, is, depends on where you are. If you're already in that position, you've got to recapitalize. Yeah. Disclosure, transparency with your investors, letting them know that you're diligent doing everything that you can do. To, to make this investment work. Yeah. The same thing goes for your lender. Yeah. Last thoughts here, I know we're coming to a close. Um, do you think that there's going to be distressed deals coming on the market for savvy investors that have uh, you know, dry powder ready to go? I love it. That, that's, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question because yeah, the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. I feel like there will be. It's not going to be 
like what you've seen in the single family market, sure. um, you know, 2008, 2012 kind of stuff, because, because of the diversification that we talked about. That fresh powder that's sitting there waiting is gonna jump in a lot sooner mm -hmm. and not let, they're gonna buy that stream of cash, sure. that stream of income. Right. So I don't think it's going to be the same level of drop. Mm -hmm. There will be opportunities, but it's gonna be opportunities for the individuals that have been in the industry and established themselves mm -hmm. with the mainstream deals. Yeah. So one of the, when I get asked that question, one of the main things I try to impress on clients and prospective clients is, not to build your strategy to grab that one-off deal, mm. build your strategy for a stable portfolio growth, get into the game with singles and doubles, sure. put yourself in a position as that closer, the one that can get the deals done, build yep. the relationships, right. and then you'll get that one-off deal. Yeah. But you've gotta be that steady, that <laughs> I was going to say steady, steady Eddie. I, I'll take it. Steady right. You've got to be that steady yeah. Eddie. I'll do that. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the deals. Yeah. yeah. I usually get called fast steady, not steady Eddie, but that's okay. Either it's one works, different right? Story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I love it. I think that's a great point. I hope that if you're watching, you take that under consideration. Um, I believe, and I know that you believe this as well, because we've had so many conversations around it, is that multifamily is a game of singles and doubles and the occasional home run. Like, if you're playing the game to hit home runs every time, that's where you make mistakes. Yes, um, sir. You know, because right. home runs are just few and far between today. They're tough to find. Um, I was talking with an investor in Austin yesterday. He said he had a he had a 30 times return on a deal, and I was like, I was like, what you should do is you take a picture of that one, you frame it, you put it on your wall, and say, <laughs> I'll never see this ever again. Don't try for that deal. Like that deal is so risky, and yes, it paid out. But if you can two x a deal, you know, in four or five years. That's, that's the singles and doubles that we like in, in multifamily. That's right, it's the rinse repeat model. Yeah, it, absolutely. It's, it's the rinse repeat where you're gonna do it over and over again, and like you said, you get that, that, sure. that one off that was a home run. Yeah, so uh, how can they follow you on social? You on all the social channels, they, they follow along Eric Stewart on? All the social channels, um, my email is, okay. I mean the basic, the, the knuckle dragger yeah. social is, um, is at, it's Eric S at Atlantic IC. Okay. Two ICs, Atlantic Investment Capital, AtlanticIC.com. Cool. Email, and uh, that's that's Very usually cool. the best way to go. Yep, and they can watch all your videos on on uh, Think Realty as a resident expert. That's right. So appreciate that's right. it. Yes, sir. All right, thanks, guys, for, for watching. Thank you, Eric, for being a part of the show. Let me thanks say a quick having. thank you to our podcast sponsor one more time, Pro Real Property Management. Working with the right property management company can put more money in your pocket, not less. Real Property Management provides a higher standard of property management to make sure you're maximizing the return on your investments. Experience the real difference with Real Property Management. Visit Real Property MGT. That's realpropertymgt.com. If you haven't signed up for our Tampa Expo, uh, Think Realty uh, Nation, if you're out there watching, make sure you join us. And as you know, I give the best discounts on the podcast. If you use the podcast code PODCAST, uh, you put that in there, you're going to get a buy one, get one free. We, all, we always just give you great prices on tickets anyways. Uh, everybody else is out there charging you five, six hundred, a thousand dollars for a ticket. We give it to you so cheap because we really want you there and we want you to put all of your money into deals and investments, not conferences. Uh, but we want to be there along for that journey. If you're not joining us on social, join us on all the social channels, pick up our magazine on the shelves of Barnes and Noble and continue to stay in the conversation with us. Like this program, share this program and comment. Let us know what you think. And Eric and I will get back to you uh, with anything that you need. Have a great day.